0: Been a little, you know. So it's been the process in the making, but we're all here. I can't believe we're finally happening. happening episode one. Um, mm-hmm. Everyone's listening. Thanks for joining us. Um, I'm your host. My name is Doug. With me, as always, is going to be the award-winning filmmaker of Golds, Moses Lai. Moses, how you doing today?
1: Hey, hey, how you guys doing? Um, uh, you know, I'm doing. I'm going. I'm doing great. You know, Doug. Uh, thank you so much for you know, um, uh, for setting up this, uh, you know, podcast and everything like that. Um, and I'm glad to be here, you know, um, glad to be here with friends and, um, you know, I'm here to, you know, um, have a good time and talk, you know, a lot of filmmaking and, and movies and all the things that we love as, uh, you know, as filmmakers and film lovers. Exact
0: Couldn't say it any better, man. And also, for everyone listening, Moses just finished another great short film. What about two weeks ago? You started. You finished production.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I definitely uh finished two, three weeks ago, and everything. It was um, you know, uh, my latest, my latest short film, and everything like that that I'm completely proud about. Um, you know, it was a lot. It was it was heavy, but. Man, oh my gosh, you know, the whole entire production, um, you know, was amazing. The crew was amazing. The cast was amazing too as well. So I'm excited for people to, you know, uh, get a chance to see it, you know, in their uh, local festivals, you know, when it comes out. So, you know.
0: All I'm saying, I better see an IMAX opening night. I want to see an IMAX screening of this. I want to see, like the full-on, man, I want, I, want, I want to be immersed, man, in this, this, your new films. I can't, man, I, re- I remember reading the script, you know, a while ago, I just like, you do this thing, man. Like, I mean, same with Nick as well. Like, you do this thing, Moses, of like, you literally, like, every short, short film you do, you get, you get better and better. And it's like, come on, man, it's kind of unfair because you're so good at what you do. But like, this is kind of like the next level we're gonna do next with this next film. I can't wait for people to see it. I can't wait to see it too, man. I'm like, I'm like so excited, like, Forget about Creed 3 and Avatar. I want to see your next short film, honestly.
1: No, no, I, yeah, man, you know, I'm definitely, I'm definitely excited and everything like that. But, um, you know, I, uh, I, yeah, you know, it's, it's almost like, you know, it's almost like a, um, uh, I don't know how to explain it. It's almost like a baby and everything like that as it gets more older and older and older and older and everything. You know, um, and once it's basically out there, you know, um, and grown and everything like that, you got to, you know, be willing to let it go, basically, you know, like as your kids when they, you know, <laughs> like older and everything like that. But yeah, and I'm really, really excited for people to be able to, you know, see it and and check it out, you know. Um, but uh, I definitely want to, you know, uh, like uh, skip that for now and I want to, you know, talk about, you know. Us and, you know, in the process of, of you know, movie watching and, you know, and, and, and the love for it all. You know, uh, I definitely want to, you know, see and and know what Nick has been up to. Exactly. With us as always, too.
2: Oh, hello? <laughs> is, is, there, is he there? Yeah, there like you go. No,
3: you, you cut out my guy. You oh, I did? Out? Yeah. Um,
4: no,
5: Nick. floor oh, is my me? friend.
0: Oh, there we are.
3: There you are. Okay, there we go.
5: Um, no, yeah, I'm doing good. Um, eh, things have been kind of busy on my end. Doing a music video, a little flower commercial, some other YouTube videos, and a short film are on the way. But uh, that's pretty much it. Just chilling, working.
1: Mm, yeah. I want to know, you know, what what uh, what type type movies? You know, you guys also been. You Know, catching up to it doesn't have to be the recent films that are out now, but of course, you know, the films you know that, um, you know, uh, I know Nick, you know, uh, you love uh, you know, uh, Batman vs. Superman and everything.
5: <laughs> oh, you already know, you already know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to know, you know, if you guys didn't have watching, I,
0: I loved it too, but this Nick was just like seeing see next to him was like the best experience ever because he was so into it, and I was into it too. It was like we were kind of just like having so much fun with it. But, I mean, I have a story later on about our experience. You know, Nick and I sat back to these kind of like wild like high school kids mm-hmm.
2: that kind of like kind of – It was fun seeing it uh, with Nick and like
0: on the opening weekend. But um, all right, but last but not least, our Texan hosts. The one, the only, Joel. Joel, you didn't tell your brother.
3: And Jesus, Texan. No, I'm not Texan. I live in <laughs> Chicago, Texas Chicago now. by heart, but you know, no, yeah. you're you're um, yeah. yeah. no, uh, I haven't been up to much just trying to try and get my life started here in Texas. Uh you know, uh, the only real big thing for me is a possible relationship. Other than that, I've really been focusing on just, you know, making a life for myself uh, down here now, a uh, big change from Chicago, um, but I'm excited to do this podcast, because I feel like I have sort of a different uh, view of movies than what a lot of people nowadays have, which is sort of, just like, I don't know how to explain it, but I feel like I have a different view, you know, uh, I'm very much not with the majority vote i guess you could say um so i'm excited to do this so it's gonna be fun to do with you guys and to uh build this up to further and greater heights and to you know to find people who one um share our same feelings towards movies and shows uh, but also to find the people that are opposed to our thoughts, and you know, would like to start conversations with them and see their questions,
2: and you know, see what uh what people have to say that they don't agree with. Movies and TV, everyone has their own opinions. I mean, we've had, I mean. Not name names, but we've had people in the
0: past you know disagree with what we think about some movies. Um, Moses and Nick know what I'm talking about exactly.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: You have one person
2: in common that just doesn't make sense. That yeah, you know, I both. So I know we're talking about. But I know I
0: remember in college just seeing movies with Nick and Moses. Like, man, that was awesome. That was great. And then guys are like. It wasn't my taste. You're just like, okay, well, that's fine. But then it came a time where it was like, all I, would do, all I would do was, you know, kind of hit on the movie. And every one time Moses goes, I can't hear it, man. I can't hear it. I can't hear it. He walked away.
1: <laughs> oh, <laughs> my um,
4: God.
1: I remember those days. No, with,
4: with,
1: I- go ahead. Go ahead, Nick. You want
0: guys? Tonight? No, just, I, just, I okay. just can't. I just can't do it. <laughs>
5: <laughs> no, I, I think... I think the reason was kind of like that, I think it's just you, me, and um, Moses, we're just generally more positive people. And it's like there's, I feel like there's more of a love, like, for the craft of filmmaking. And we yeah. just enjoy kind of, you know, watching movies and getting all those new stories and experiences in and everything like that. But those two particular people, it was it's weird because it's like, I'm sure they love movies and everything, uh, but they just had... I think they just looked at everything in oh, general yeah. differently than than we did, and by extension, in a more negative way. Oh yeah, I'm uh, it
3: from Nolan. I heard. I'm not gonna
2: name names, but yes, <laughs> no names, <laughs> no names, <I> but...
3: <laughs> um, but no, that's good. But also, the issue with. <laughs> today when when people look at movies it's not from it's either i'll say two categories there's a lot of different ways a lot of people look at different uh look at movies and shows but nowadays a lot of people one just from the hype of it you know Mm. as long as the colors are pretty and there's a lot of explosions and shit. Like, oh my god! And then two Michael uh, Bay, <laughs> Michael Bay. <laughs> yeah, uh, and and two uh, another one is was what you know. If other if a majority of people like it, you know, they'll hop on the bandwagon and be like, I love this movie too. You know, it's mm-hmm. like just because someone just because a shit ton of people on social media don't like a movie, uh, other people are gonna watch it and agree with them just because of that instead of having their own thoughts so hopefully with this podcast we can have people become more colorful towards movies and shows because that really the the love for the movie industry and how things are created what they put into it the the secrets behind certain things and just like the works that people put into it hopefully you know with this podcast we could help you know uh help people understand that and, you know, focus more on the movie than what the uh, crowd thinks.
2: Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well said. Well, you know, a little
1: clap for that, actually. Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> oh, it's um, well said.
1: Yeah, no, 100%. You know, I, 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 I'm I, very much, when it comes down to the point, you know, um, at the least, it's, it's very much the idea like, okay, you know, you can have you know, you can have a, a, an opinion and everything like that, but you know, when your opinion is very much, you know, just, you know, negatives towards that product, towards that, you know, film and everything like that, you know, and every single other film that you see and everything, you know, with no exact, you know, reasoning behind it, you know, then that's, you know, it's, it's kind of like, you know, like, why, why, why share, you know, you know, give us a few pointers to, you know, what what mistakes they made in that film and everything like that, and then boom, you know, we can definitely you know go on and, and and talk more on you know our likes and dislikes here and there. Um, so you know that's 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 that thing you know um for, for for me. But I am you know what Nick basically said you know to as well is that you know we we, we are p- positive people. You know, we love movies. You know, we we can watch anything and we can say, "Hey, shit, that was really good." I mean, <laughs> or like that for. But you know, we can sit down and watch, you know, Iron Man, you know, forty-five. It can be like, ah, that wasn't too bad. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, because you know, we genuinely just this love, love the craft, you know, so much, you know, because we know the hours yeah. that are into, into the product. We know that, you know, there's people behind behind the behind the camera that, you know, um, you know, uh, are passionate and everything like that. So we feed off of that. A little bit so um and um and yeah you know i mean i hope they don't make iron man 45 By the way that's you know uh so, <laughs>
3: hey right now you don't bother around
0: I on so like hey like, like... Kind of <laughs> but, sorry um, tom sorry tom cruise is iron
4: man <laughs>
1: <laughs> i don't i mean i don't think i don't even think I, I don't think tom cruise will be oh i don't think he'll grow old enough to you know you know Sort a bunch of uh, vocals. You know, I don't think it's gonna be. You um, know, if
5: they did Tom Cruise's Iron Man for forty-five. You would have to do some like AI. Um, uh, what's uh, it, what What is that, that? That technology they use in the Irishman where they de-aged everybody? You'd have to do something. Oh, like that looked,
0: that looks terrible in the Irishman. No, that looks so, so bad. bad. Like, come on, yeah. he's what seventy-five playing twenty. Like. Come that on,
5: that was like, bizarre. Because and it seemed like they were making such a big deal out of it. Like, oh, he like I remember Mars Scorsese was like, "We've never, there's never been technology like this in film before." Something like that. Was no, like, there have. It was in Civil War, Hearts of the Caribbean Five, yeah, endgame, Game, in, Infinity endgame. War. Yeah, what, like, dude, what's
3: so it, funny? Here's the thing, though. What's so funny about that movie? It was a good movie, like written wise, and like of course, like these old actors who have. Been in the industry so long, making the movie <laughs> so good is that they were so old and like <laughs> like it it didn't work because you know like when when they did the young Robert De Niro and like he whooped that guy's ass. Oh, like the Leo stop Linda, <laughs> that that was whack. old man hit and an old man kick, just like little uh, like he could hardly <laughs> my my hip, hip, like, his leg. My head, uh, <laughs> like his age showed through the actions. So it was like oh god.
0: Yeah, he's, he's playing twenty years old. I'm like twenty years old. My ass. I'm like, there's yeah, not even like, not even close to it. I'm like, what? Uh, oh yeah. man.
1: Uh,
2: yeah. yeah.
1: It was I me. Mean, I, I never, I never really get a chance, you know, to to really, you know, see it because of you know, I whenever you know there is you know like the aging involved and everything like that, and it's not exactly done as well. You know, it kind of takes me off a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know. I like what you guys saying and everything like that for this art, you know, Irishman film and everything, you know, I never really got to check it out because literally I saw the de-aging of it and, you know, took me off. I'm like, why can't you just use a person, you know, of right. that a younger actor to play that, you know, mm-hmm. and go from there, you know, if you would have done that and then boom, you know, you have Robert De Niro you know, play his actual age in that film. Boom. Great. You know, people are probably going to, up on and actually wants to film probably more. A person yeah. like me, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and, you
5: know, no one will be sh- uh shitting on the uh on that reverse aging technology, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, I mean, I uh, like too that I mean I remember that year so well. I remember it was 2019 before COVID, and it was like you got Irishman, you got all these big movies. And I remember Irishman got you know all these uh, nominations for awards, and guess what? They won nothing.
5: Mm. They
0: won nothing. It's like and also that year, was kind of like, you overlook good movies like Uncut Gems, you know, Queen and Slim, you know, all these good movies that came out that year. Mm. I was all about Irishman. Yeah, it's a good movie. It's four hours too fucking long, if you ask me. Mm. Uh, it's, it, but to, to Moses' point, yeah, it's like, I think the reason why it turned out, kind of turned people off too is that, A, it was four hours long, but to your point, it was also the de-aging looks so bad in the trailer. You're like, this is a joke? This is like a parody? Is this is like a Goodfellas ripoff? And it's like... <laughs> What happened? You know, th- biggest you know budget at the time for Netflix movie ever. You know, yeah. Sorcesi. You know, you're bringing back Pacino. You're bringing back Joe Pesci. All these <laughs> huge stars, and you're telling me that big budget looks like that? Mm. Like, yeah. come on. We've seen student films look better than that. And like, I'm like, I, I mean, uh, yeah, but you know, but you know what? They tried yeah. something. It didn't work. Yeah, I no. But I
1: go, go ahead. Sorry about that. Oh, okay,
3: I understand. Like is the problem with nowadays is that CGI is such a big thing for a lot of people that it's sort of, it's a crutch in all honesty. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? To where it's like, oh, we could do this now, and then you bring it out into theaters or a show and people fucking hate it. Because just because we have the technology to do something doesn't mean that we should. Like, look, CGI is great, (laughs) but I don't wanna watch. Like a, no one wants another Dragon Ball Z live action. Movie, oh no! You know what I mean? Even Speed Racer. the got better. <laughs> you know, like yeah, there's certain things that should just not be made, and I feel like this is another thing where it's like it made a crutch for them because because everyone's excited to see Robert De Niro in another mafia movie, but because of their age this movie was sort of the boring, I'll say this, it's the boring portion of the mafia. You know, yeah, what I mean, for sure, in a movie because they're too old to do shit. Like we talked about that scene where Robert De Niro fucks up the guy. He's too old. He, <laughs> his actions are too old. Like he, he punched him like an old man. He kicked him like an old man. Like he <laughs> hardly that, that foot went an inch hot. That foot went an inch off the ground. <laughs> Moses did so yeah. much damage. But like if, if they if they just found someone that one was like. That does impersonations of them, or just found a guy that looked like them. Easy. From when they were young age. The movie would have been better because it wouldn't just have been all conversation about how these men are doing their business and how they are getting old. Yeah, like, I would have been fine with the aspect of them growing to an old age and how things happen that would have been fine but I felt like if they found young actors or impersonators to do the young versions of them the movie would have been more exciting because they would have been able to do things like real mafia like hits and showing what they actually did instead of just having these conversations
0: yeah Moses I'm telling you man after this go on YouTube look up Irishman kick the Nero kick <laughs> that will be the funniest thing you'll see in a long time mm. so I remember Joel saw before I did and Joel said look for the kick and I was like what kick <laughs> and I saw it and I was like bro what I said what was that
4: I'm like
0: <laughs> I, I, again I'm I'm the fool I'm also the fool who paid full price to go see it in theaters like, Oh, goes where says you know I want to see in theaters you respect the craft whatever mm-hmm. the movie ended I was like I should say that my ass at home I watched on Netflix, what <laughs> was I paying twelve bucks for to see this movie? I was like, this could have been a three-hour three and a half hour nap. But Damn you know weak.
5: Well, <laughs> no, I because I saw that movie. It was with um I saw it on Netflix with my mom and my grandma. Smart man. Doom <laughs> S- save your money. That one scene, my grandma was like, hey, this is kind of whack.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um no, oh, no. Okay. No, I mean at, at, at the end of the day, you know. Um, you know, you, you, you have a person like that you have a person like Scorsese and everything, you know, truly who I love. Yeah. You know, something new and I'm excited for the new film that he has, you know, coming, coming down with, the with, you know, Leo and everything. And I know that's going to be amazing, you know, and, you know, there, there, there is no, you know, like shade or anything, you know, throwing at, you know, it's very much the idea of, you know, Hey, you know, this could have been done a different way. You know, um, but yeah, I'm excited for you know his next uh, next project. I'm definitely gonna, you know, if it's out in theaters, you know, I'm gonna go watch it in theaters. You know,
2: I think it is. Yeah.
0: I think it's gonna be a one week release and like I think it's an Apple TV movie. It's gonna be again another another big Apple TV you know uh, streaming movie for Sorcesia. But I think it's gonna be the first week in theaters and then streaming afterwards. Mm. The question, the question is. You know, do you pull what Doug did and paid full price? <laughs> I
1: mean, well, I mean, yeah. I could I, be wrong. I could be wrong. You no, know, I mean, that's, that's the thing. It's like I, I'm definitely, you know, I, I, you guys know me. I'd rather watch a movie, you know, on an actual theater than watching it at home. All of us, you know, yeah. It's, it's I that's the theaters. And, um, yeah, you know, I, it's this idea that, you know, I – I have this, you know, mental thing where it's like, you know, I don't want theater business to die. You know? Yeah. Um. And, um, you know, it's like, you know, you grow up from watching movies at, uh, in, in in a movie theater, you know, um. And, you know, you have streaming that's like, you know, literally in competition with, with uh, you know, the movie business and everything like that. The cinemas, you know, yeah. you're kind of like, okay, you know. Damn, you know, streaming is like really, really competitive. They're good, they're, they're doing really, really great. You know, we gotta make sure that, you know, that uh that our cinemas and theaters and everything like that are also right there and making sure that, you know, that they are in the lead or at least, you know, head to head, you know. So that's mainly that's mainly it. Um, oh, a, I agree. Yeah.
0: I agree yeah. with that also too. I'm curious, you know. What next week? The so there's one I'm, conf- I'm not concerned about, but like I'm interested is in this is that you know Knives Out came out in 2019 it was a huge hit. It was an original movie, had a low budget, and made so much money. It got Oscar nominations. I don't know what happened when they said, hey, Lionsgate has this huge property. And I and I, I, I remember seeing it with Joel. We loved Knives Out. It was a fun, good time. You know, it was like a fun movie to go see in the theaters with a huge, huge, huge audience. I, I'm kind of surprised that Lionsgate had this huge hit original hit made so much money and they sold it to Netflix for almost half a billion dollars, which is hey good I mean good for Brian Johnson and his team. Like, hey, you made a lot of money off this these two sequels. But what I'm curious is that so they're doing this thing now. So the for the first time in history, Netflix is gonna have a movie in AMC theaters and Regal, which is kind of surprising. This is the first time ever. And I feel like I mean to be fair, it's only six hundred screens, not a lot compared to like you know, like a four thousand release like a Marvel movie or like a big blockbuster, but I'm kind of curious. See, you'll come next week. It's for one week only on the 23rd to the 30th. You can watch Knives Out too in theaters, and then a month later, you're gonna put it on Netflix. I, you, I mean, you guys think about this. I mean, what do you guys think about like this having the first time ever going to be in AMC theaters and Regal theaters for one week only? It's like the biggest theatrical release of a Netflix movie ever, and it's Knives Out too. I mean, what are your thoughts? Hmm.
5: No, that's interesting. I honestly don't know what to think about it. I, I have noticed lately there's been i haven't looked like too too much into it but lately when i've been going to like AMC theaters i don't know if you guys have seen it but they have that little AMC commercial with Nicole Kidman oh my god you feel me so it's i'm um, i'm wondering like is AMC trying to i don't know like reinvent itself or trying to like grow its brand because this is the first time i've seen an advertisement for a movie theater where they got like a big name celebrity cuz they they're playing it in front of every AMC you know, and you're in the theater him. already, <laughs> and you're already in the theater. <laughs> yes.
4: Yeah, so it's, it's like, what is I'm this like,
5: about? Like, what's the like? You know,
0: yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. It's weird. So I'm just, Welcome, yeah. to I'm Welcome, to Welcome to AMC. We're already in AMC. Thanks for thank you for reminding us. Like. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, like, no, I, they got her in that
5: in that in that video like she's never seen a movie before. Like her life, yeah. changed is a, thing. It's a fancy theater
0: too. You know the big planner chairs. I was like, this is an AMC. This isn't the Ritz. This isn't Nobu. This
1: is yeah. access <laughs> of the AMC.
5: It's like we we know what it is. We're here.
1: Go ahead, Moses. Um, no, I mean, no, I was I was gonna say, you know, I mean, with I'm I'm. Uh, I'm gonna go back and jump back to, you know, the thing about, you know, them releasing, you know, on Regal as well as, you know, AMC. I think, you know, the idea is, you know, trying to basically, you know, see if they can, you know, um, you know, get 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 a little bit get a little bit more, you know, uh get some cash, you know, in that area too as well. You know, that's number one. Number two, of course, the awards. You know, it's the idea of, you know, you know. The, the, how it goes now is that if if, if if your film doesn't matter if it's streaming, if it's not in the cinemas and everything like that, if it hasn't been released in the cinemas, it's not, it's not um, it doesn't get accepted to be, you know, nominated or, you know, uh, the Oscars doesn't really look at it as being a contender because of the idea of it, you know, not being released, released to uh, any, um, you know, cinemas at all. So I think that's, you know, the take there. You know, um, and, um, and yeah, you know, we'll definitely see, you know, Netflix was, was very much, you know, um, you know, strong on the idea that, you know, this film here, this, you know, um, you know, this, the series of movies and everything like that, you know, is going to make them a lot of, you know, uh, just to buy
0: them half a half a billion dollars just to buy two sequels. That's crazy.
1: Um, yeah, I mean they got some big names, you know, like oh, really huge. Names. um, but you know, let's let's see if it gets them to be if it gets to, you know, be on their, you know, at least like top five, you know, uh best films on Netflix, you know. So, um, and everything. So I think number one, the best film on Netflix, number they got number one, um, I think it's um what is it? Uh that one movie with Chris Hemsworth, maybe. I think that's what it is. Um Oh Spiderhead. No, no. Uh, th- uh, the other one, he did a movie. Extraction. Uh, uh, I think it. I think. I think it might be. Might be that. Right. He plays like an agent or. Oh, or, yeah. extraction. Yeah. I think that's the number one film on Netflix. Uh, if i might, if I might be wrong or whatever, but. Damn. um Yeah, if it gets to at least top five and everything like that, then they have succeeded. If not, then you know they're going to be a little bit disappointed.
0: I think they're um, smart too for releasing it on Thanksgiving week too. You know, Knives Out came out, the first one came out Thanksgiving week, and it was a huge, huge hit. It was like this kind of just like original movie. Again, great cast, you know, word of mouth. I like, again remember me, Joel saw a screening of it. And we were like, damn, this is really good for a like original movie. We were surprised how how good it was. I mean, given like it was, you know, Ryan Johnson, you know, Last Jedi. We were kinda of like, uh, we'll see. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean to your point, yeah, I mean, this is this could be their top five, you know, biggest movie. And I feel like now this also this is gonna be their biggest Released movie in theaters ever, so to your point too, they're also getting cash flow from this too because I again mean, they spent like you know half a billion just to buy it. Where's the returns out Where are the returns if you just put it to streaming? Because <laughs> spend all this money, do you want some money back? Again, it is coming out during a busy week of movies. You got the Fablemans, you got that, you got um, a Black Panther still killing in theaters right now. So it's kind of like it's a good time to release it, but at the same time you're releasing it now in a much smaller circuit than a than a Black Panther or a Fableman. So it's gonna be yeah. interesting. I mean, yeah, if, if it works, I'm kind of curious if it works. They're gonna do me more of these movies so I feel like what was the one with the summer? I haven't seen it yet. It's uh, Ryan Gosling and um, um, Chris Evans. Uh, oh, the uh, Gray Man. Uh, the
4: gray Man. The Gray yes. Man.
0: Yeah. That that was their biggest budgeted movie, like 300 million dollars. Yeah, Russo R- R- Brothers are doing. I'm oh, sorry about that. Russo Brothers. <laughs> R- R- Brothers are doing the, doing the movie. Um, uh, but with that said, they had that, a, a huge movie. They only had it out well, for a week, and it made like.
3: Nothing like no one saw it in theaters, it was like
4: a
0: sad
3: thing, by the way, because that was a good movie. I am one of my male crushes uh, is Ryan Gosling. You already know this guy. Uh, I'm guilty. Uh, Same
4: here. You know, Ryan Gosling. Is I picture, beg your pardon. Also, you know, Ryan,
3: <laughs> Ryan, Ryan, male crush, you know what I'm saying? Everyone has a male crush. Girls have female crushes. They're not, you know. But anyways, we're not going to. Anyways, um, next episode. Next episode. Next <laughs> episode. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but you know. Um, Ryan Gosling is such an underrated actor. Even though his name is so big, he's such an underrated actor because people do not know the talent of this man, and and it is it is a very sad thing. And I've been a big fan of Ryan Gosling since you know early on with like with like movies from like Beyond the Pines and like other things like that where he's done such amazing work as an actor, like that he could do comedy, romance, actions, musicals. People, you, musicals Mm -hmm. and like you know do it so well and
4: Mm.
3: his movies are not that popular if you really think about it because the like where he is the main actor there's a lot of movies where he's one of the main actors but people know him and the other actors instead of just recognizing him for his amazing work so it's sort of like like fuck in my head, you know what I mean. It was like that's such bullshit because he should be recognized a bit more. You know what I mean? I think his biggest movie is La La Land. If you oh. ask me, I feel like it's probably his most popular mm.
0: movie. And I mean, again, that kind of won a bunch of Oscars, and you know, it was like a big musical. It was like any you know, Emma Stone, obviously. But I mean, to your point, yeah, it's like I feel like when he has a when he has a co lead, the movies are bigger. I mean compared to like a you know, Place Beyond the Pines or my personal favorite, Blade Runner twenty forty nine. That's like. They don't really they don't really generate audiences, so I feel like even with you know the Gray Man that could have been like a big you know summer blockbuster you know Universal Paramount Warner Brothers a huge movie but I feel like I was kind of surprised that Netflix had the money that I mean spent a lot of money on on yeah Russo brothers who you know End Game Infinity War had Civil War you know the American Winter Soldier like they literally like had this huge two big stars well three big stars they're that also Anthony Armus is huge you know this you know this huge like cast and I was kind of surprised that that wasn't their first movie for like a big release. But again, I think, I, I guess they were kind of waiting for knives out. Cause again, like to Moses point that knives out has a amazing cast has an amazing cast. It has uh, you know, uh Oscar nominated, you know, actors and writers and, you know, award-winning, you know, yeah, award-winning, you know, uh, art recording artists. So it's like, I think to Moses point, it was like, yeah, I think it was like, maybe they were waiting for this kind of like their golden goose to, Hey, this, this don't work. Never again, <laughs> like oh. never again. I think yeah. that's
3: dumb. I think that's a dumb idea because what? one.
0: Sorry, sorry I...
1: you got you you got. Sorry, no, 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 I I I think you know, um, yeah, I see. At the end of the day, you know, it's like you know the industry, you know, guys, it's it's definitely you know money talk and everything like that. But oh, for I, sure. I also you know think that with Ryan, Glad- I think you know he is pretty pretty up there you know um he's he is you know one of the probably the, the biggest you know uh male names male you know actors out there you know that's just my my personal take you know um you know he's literally up there with with uh, chris evans you know with you know any any what you call it, top male actors and everything like that i definitely think he's you know up there you know for yeah. sure right now um uh, because of you know the films that he's currently been on you know like blade runner 2049 that was you know, a, well, I think one of the prettiest films I've ever seen, you know, uh, if I'm being honest, uh, and he was in that film and he was the lead, you know, um, he was there with Harrison Ford. So if you can, if you are literally acting with Harrison Ford, you know, then you are in a come up, you know, you're not in a downfall or anything like that, you know, you're oh, for sure. um, so that's just my, 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 my personal take, you know, um, on, on that, on that. And I think I, you know, with Ryan Gosling, you know, I, you know, I I, I definitely watch, you know, Place Grand the Pines and I'm a huge fan of that. You know, that was, actually <laughs> um, that was actually one of my inspiration films for the film I just made. So um, mm-hmm. and uh, La La Land is, you know, when I remember Doug taking me to go. Watch this Freshman <laughs> year of college. Yeah. I, I was like, Who you know, what is wrong with the why is he taking me to go see this movie? You know, <laughs> go see La Land. Then I sat down and then I completely loved it and then literally like uh, a year later, you know, I create a I create a musical that's inspired by La Land, you know? So it's like <laughs> Um which is which is funny to think about it now. But um you know, um, yeah, I definitely think, you know, he's definitely up there for sure, you know, and uh, he's he's only definitely, you know, going to get um going to get bigger. That's that's only my take, you know, on, I mean, on that.
0: he's going to be Ken and Barbie. That's going to be his biggest no, movie. Man. Watch <laughs> his biggest movie is going to be Barbie. Watch. It's going to be yeah, like Ryan Oscar win, Oscar winning Barbie with Margot Robbie. And
3: Ryan yeah. <laughs> of course, he'll win. He'll win a movie where he sure for a long period of time. And, um, blonde. and
2: blonde.
3: <laughs> uh, yeah! That's how they all win: it. Henry Cavill, Leonardo DiCaprio, all shirtless. Uh, as they as they are, man. Um, as they are. But to to go back to what Doug was saying about Netflix and like the Golden Goose and everything, I I think it's dumb uh, for two reasons. One, I feel like them not holding movies out in theaters for long is them pushing more people to go back to their streaming service because a lot of people have left Netflix, especially after the whole fiasco with that French movie about the little girls and quote-unquote dancing. Damn, I heard uh, about that one. Yeah, no, that was... I believe it's still there, too, or it was there for a very long time, mm-hmm. where you're just like, I don't want to watch. I don't want to. Why is this here? This shouldn't be a thing. <laughs> where, you know, little girls' target competition ends a whole foreign, like, competition thing. It's just still not okay. about uh, it's, it's wrong, yeah. Especially for, like,
1: I'm not going to get into the subject. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh... Stick clear. <laughs> yeah, I do know what you guys are talking about. I do know the, the film. You know, I heard about it and everything. And I was like, why did they got this kind of movie out? You know, this is not, <laughs> not right in the first place. But yeah, uh, moving on to, uh, I think, you know, Doug, you had a list. I, I, I just checked it out now and everything like that um, about, you know, talking about, you know, the films that we, you know, came up to, to, to love as, as uh, you know, as, as film, as film, you know, people and as film lovers and everything like that. I think you had it as one of the questions if I might be wrong. No, oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the whole, the part of the podcast is honestly just talking about,
0: you know, our experiences, you know, in film also, but but your point, exactly. It's, it's why we love film. I mean, all four of us like to have, again, like you said earlier, Moses, that we had this deep love for movies you know, filmmaking, you know, cinema. And I feel like in are all generally kind of positive people when it comes to, like, you know, loving movies, no matter what. I mean, they could be still bad. We could still love them, you know. We're still, like, we're not only really nit- I mean, nitpicks here and there, but I feel like we're generally kind of pe- audiences that kind of appreciate all kind of movies, no matter if it's musicals, mm-hmm. comedies, dramas, horror, you know, sci-fi, um, documentaries even. Like, I feel like we still definitely, like, appreciate what it is. I'm so when I them, ask you guys, right, I mean, right. what, what are some movies that, like, um, like, kind of like inspired you, kind of like what kind of movies kind of mean to you? Like, I mean, again, as, as the title
2: is, a genre of your life, what kind of movies kind of defined you, in your opinion?
4: Hmm.
2: Uh, okay, I could definitely uh, start off. Yeah, go um, ahead. One of them
3: for sure that made me love stories of movies like where the story is good writing and i know i'm gonna get made fun of this uh but it's a it's a fuck what's the movie called it's an old movie um it, i forget the name of it but it was about a little girl whose father left her off at like a female like boarding school because he went off to war and is like her whole like and then, you know, he dies in in action, and like she is an orphan and, and she has nowhere to go. So the boarding school keeps her, but like her treatment at the school has become a lot worse. And it's like this whole lead thing. I was watching it as like a young kid. I think I was like seven or eight. And I watched that, and that was one of my favorite movies growing up because it was such a well written movie overall. Like, obviously, it's a female, what well, more towards a female audience, but I personally love the movie. I forgot the name of it because it's been so long. Is it Annie?
4: Uh, <laughs> no. God, no. <laughs> I'm
2: totally kidding. I'm totally messing with you. I'm totally messing with you. <laughs> uh, oh, God, my no.
3: No. You know, it, it's... Um, um, But yeah, that's one of them. Uh, another movie that I says uh that I feel like highly affected me well there's been so many movies that I can bring up so I'm going
2: to just bring up one more um let me think uh uh I'm going Home- through my whole library of fucking
3: <laughs> movies.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Home Alone uh, 2, lost in New War. York.
4: <laughs> yeah. Home
2: Alone 4, where they War. get a whole different white boy. <laughs> Thought we didn't notice. Thought we did.
5: Oh, <laughs> uh, y'all are crazy, man.
3: Um, shit. Well, I'm not trying to get there, the Dad.
2: Uh, let me think. I think, I'll say this, which a lot of people are talking about nowadays,
3: uh, that I feel like back then, not as many people watched it, which which is now just like a mainstream, oh, I used to watch this as a kid, uh, Treasure Planet. Because i Yo, a that's so movie right angry. there, bro. I, I,
5: Dude, I literally Treasure bought that when I was a kid. I bought that from <laughs> Blockbuster. Hell yeah. Blockbuster, so,
3: same. <laughs> Dude, I, we used to have that movie. I played it all the time growing up because Treasure Planet was fire. But it's also, like, for me as a creative person, like, you can even ask Doug. I don't think I've shown you guys any of the, like, movie ideas I've had. But, um, like, things like Treasure Planet always get to me because of the creativity. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's like where it's like this, like, kid-like creativity and imagination that, that has blown up to to become reality, I guess you could say, you know? And I really love those movies because it's inspiring for any age to continue to pursue your dream and to continue to just know who you are. Like, you're gonna question yourself at any point and you're gonna meet a lot of different people and even have portrayals. But that movie, like writing, animation, music, you know, all of it was so amazing. I just, I loved it, and I still do.
0: It's a beautiful movie. It's I ever amazing. seen that with my dad when I was like, when I was like, th- I think it was like me three or think f- like four or five. And I remember having the McDonald's toys. you guys have those? I had McDonald toys.
5: Damn, that movie. One of them.
0: Y- yeah, right, <laughs> <laughs> right. It was the, it was the, it was the robot. It was the robot guy, and I was like, oh, it's cool, I guess. Um, <laughs> I
3: think I had the little flubber thing
4: where oh yeah like where it just say something or I think it shot
3: something out like of its mouth like water, you know what I mean just like squirted water.
5: Oh my it's a good movie, man. No, that movie's fantastic. And it's a shame too because the I don't remember what the two directors' names were, but they they were trying to make that movie for the longest time. And Disney was like, Oh, we'll let you make Treasure Planet, but you gotta make this movie first, and then like they did it, and it's like okay, bet but make this movie first and then they kept like doing that so then when it was finally time for them to make treasure planet the i don't know if it was like the studio or the producers or whatever like none of them believed that the movie would succeed so they like when it came to market the movie they were showing like all of the spoilers and stuff like in the trailers and everything and it was it's a shame because had the studio cared about the movie as much as like the two directors, then the movie would have been a lot more successful. Cause they even had a the full uh sequel script ready and like you know the concept art and everything like that. And I remember I heard this story, like they they had the actors basically on their way to start uh recording it. And on the way they all got the call, like, yeah, movies cancel, guys. Just like that. It's oh, like what?
1: yeah, and it's like oh. kind of-
5: I didn't know that what? Yeah, man. It's a shame because, yeah, like, um, like Joel was saying, it's such an amazing movie. and it's it's an amazing like story too, because they were like pushing the boundaries with animation because I don't think a whole lot of oh huge. yeah, I don't think a whole lot of movies had done three d and two d animation like that at that time. So the fact that they were able to do it and do it like so well is kind of just a testament to, you know, again, just how much they cared about it.
0: Yeah, it was uh, directors were John Musker and Ron Clements, Mm. and the box office was 110. Not terrible. I mean, worldwide, but the budget was 140, which is a lot for an animation movie back then. Mm -hmm. And as you can see, they did not make their budget back at all, which is, I mean, I mean they did, but I mean gross revenue, they they were far from their budget. I mean, plus marketing, plus you know distribution, and I feel like to Nick's point too, it's called it's called drops Basically, when it comes out with little to no marketing or crappy marketing is called being dropped mm-hmm. where the studio the studio goes, you know what, we don't care about this. We'll take the hit. It is what it is, which is kind of unfair because there are some good movies that go unnoticed. Like this movie was that you know we do because we were kids when it came out, we loved it. But I mean if you ask any five, you know, six year old nowadays, Treasure Planet, they go, Was that Fortnite? <laughs> like they, they wouldn't they would <laughs> they, they they wouldn't get it. It was kind of sad because again it's I feel like if a good movie has belief in it you know it will work, it will work, but you know that's kind of how sad it is sometimes with certain movies and you know the you know how hard working people you know how hard work people put into like movies like that
4: yeah i uh,
3: I think that's another testament to you know sort of show how such amazing movies, even in the past and nowadays too, have um fallen behind others that were that should not have gotten as much love as they probably should have because of uh, just sort of one, uh, advertisement, but also two, just belief from the industry, and two and three, uh, the audience, you know, people not being like, eh, that movie's... I don't think i like that movie and not watching it, you know? Yeah. No, it's, it's... it's I believe in it. You're fully 100%
0: behind you no matter what. So, Nick, I mean about your Treasure Planet, what movies could you remember like kind of like defined you, like your genre of your life? Like what do you think? Like some movies, other than BVS of course. <laughs> um what movies there are no I, other movies. Other than you?
5: BVS, I knew it. I knew it. Superman is one and that's it. It's, if they ain't Superman, I don't fuck with it. <laughs> no um Growing up, it was the movies I saw the most as a kid. It was like the Brendan Fraser Mummy, uh, Rush Hour Two, because I was the only one that we had. Uh, the <laughs> Toby Maguire Spider Man movie, and then the Christopher Reeve Superman movie, which actually, funnily enough, I just rewatched that a couple nights ago, and it it holds up. It holds up. Yeah, got Brando as
0: his dad, which is like, yeah. you know, back then you you got literally the Godfather himself is
5: playing. Yeah, and even like when they were making the movie. Ah, uh, Brando was the one to sign off on the Superman actor. So Christopher Reeve is only in the movie because Brando gave them the okay. That's thing. I mean, yeah, he he has that. I mean, he had that clout back then. Yeah, you, you he, know, he was that guy. And also, like, even just outside of the 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 character aspect of of this particular Superman movie, the the story behind. His production was really interesting because and this isn't like a spoiler necessarily, but it it starts off and it's like gen it's um what's his name? Jorel and he's like General Zod is on trial and Jorel is like kind of basically like prosecuting them. And then they get sent off into space, whatever, and they don't come back until um until part two. And that's because they were making Superman one and Superman Two. They had made those movies at the same time. And then it was it was just like weird studio interference because like the director wanted to make it this way but the studio wanted them wanted him to do it this way so there's like two or three alternate cuts of superman 2 which is interesting
0: damn i didn't even mm-hmm. know that either wow damn that's,
5: yeah,
2: yeah. damn mm-hmm. moses what about you man the floor is yours my friend um
1: um I mean, I, I and now I mean, I, I would say you know my favorite movie of all time is you know you know um, Moonlight and everything. But the film that you know um, that I that I go back to and like watch sometimes, you know, and not exactly watch, but you know, um, look at here and there is you know um, is uh, you know it's super super eight. You know, I remember watching that when I was you know when I was really really young and everything like that. You know, just just the whole imagination of you know, this kid, you know, finding something that's, you know, alien, you know, as you're trying to make a film, you know, um, was was very sort of like a inspiring. You know, I grew up watching a lot of films, you know, um, uh, uh, but, you know, uh, that was that's probably the movie that I, you know, um, used to go back to and like, you know, check out. But, you know, law, uh, Moonlight Now um, is, is, is definitely my favorite because uh, of the way it just makes me feel. When I watch it, you know, um, it's, it's grounded, you know, and, um, and, uh, there's, there's a lot of depth to these characters that, uh, and what they're sort of like are going through. And I like death a lot, you know, and, um, and, and yeah, you know, um, and I just recently watched Life of Pi too, as well. And I know this is like a lot of films, <laughs> so <laughs>
0: uh, go ahead, man,
1: go ahead, please, by all means. Um, yeah life of life of pie too as well i i i definitely you know i go go back to that uh here and there you know um and uh just just the storytelling of of this man who tells uh this story to this to this sort of like journal to this like you know um uh to this writer and everything like that uh, slash journalist and everything is you know is really really amazing, you know uh, the way he's able to tell this story in a way. You know um his uh, entire boat crashed with his whole entire family, and how he was stuck in this you know the middle of the ocean with this you know with this tiger you know um it's 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 like you know mesmerizing. that's that's like you know that's yeah I don't know it's, it's 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 always you know cool for me to sort of like i'll go back and watch a few scenes from that movie, you know um. Uh, Yeah, the movies that I tend to love the most are the films that I'm definitely inspired by as a filmmaker and everything like that at the end of the day. So um, that I'm going to go back to and be like, "Mm, uh, I really am inspired by this scene here from this movie, you know, from Moonlight or from, you know, or from uh, Lion, you know. Um, Yeah, yeah, so. Yeah. Lionel, like, so I
0: mean, Moonlight is—I, I, you know, why it won the Best Picture. I mean, this—the storytelling of that movie and how they're able to tell three generations of the same—you know—person, and it just—it's beautifully shot too. I mean, cinematography in that movie is unreal. Mm-hmm. And again, Mahershala Ali, kind of like you—you you see why he's an Oscar winner. Like for his small time in that movie, you just—you just see like, oh, this is a, a star is born, literally. Like he's—he's he's just flawless in that movie too. And I, yeah. again, to your point, it's oh, like it again, it inspires you as a filmmaker to really kind of, like, you know, extend yourself creativ- you know, creatively and also, like, hey, I can tell these stories as well and I can reach an audience that want to hear these stories at the same time, which is very important, I feel like, nowadays.
1: Yeah. No, of course. Of course, man. Um, but then, they, you know, I I, I want to tell, you know, the small stuff, you know, the, um, you know, I, I – yeah, I want to tell the small stuff and everything like that, the people – you know, um, that the people like me, that are sort of like uh, in the grounded area. But as I go older, I, you know, I, I definitely want to be able to tell, you know, um, you know, stories of people that are grounded, but in a spectacle way, you know, of course. Um, oh, definitely. So, um, but yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I think, I think, mean, you,
2: I think... Go, 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 go ahead, go ahead, go no, ahead.
1: Yes, that's, that's, I mean that's that's supposed to be it. I can talk about that about you know filmmaking oh, and no, no, we all can. That's why we're here. <laughs> yeah, but um but yeah, you know, and and, and Nick, I, I know you said, you know, I, I think I've grown to love, man, like Man of Steel. I think that might be like yeah, a second plan. Uh, like <laughs> <laughs> like I, I'm not gonna lie, you know, I hope they make Man of Steel too, but mm-hmm. I think I've grown to love Man of Steel, man. Like they did that shit, like, I went back and watched it and everything like that, I was like, damn, man, they gotta make a movie like this, this is a, now, this is, you know, what DC needs to do and everything like that. Yeah, you know, man, that's what I'm
5: saying. It.
1: You know, you don't <laughs> need to be, powerful, man. be your own person. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, what do you guys think about the James Gunn uh, being the new uh, Hell Now? Mm. That,
0: that to me, I mean, I feel like See, I mean, me me and the couple you know, a few weeks ago, we saw Black Adam. You know, I think I'm in the minority. I mean, again, his Suicide Squad, it was good. Like, it was fun. It was a fun movie. But to me, I felt like it's still, in a way, it's still Guardians of the Galaxy, but like raunchier. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, it's kind of like he's good at, he's good at, I'll tell you what, he's good at handling, you know, different teams of, you know, like. You know, different characters, a lot of characters in that movie. Same with Guardians of the Galaxy. He knows how to like make everyone have their own voice Mm -hmm. character wise. Um, but see, I mean, one of the CEOs that's interesting.
4: I mean,
0: not my first choice, but I'm curious to see what happens.
3: CEOs of what's happening?
0: So, James Gunn, who did you know, we did you know Suicide Squad, Guardians of the Galaxy, a bunch of movies, you know, Slither. yeah. He he's now the co-CEO of DC Studios
2: for movies and TV shows. Oh, huh. Yeah, not my, not, a, not not. I think
0: I honestly feel like no one expected that. I mean, I feel like yeah, Peacemaker was a big hit. Suicide Squad was, I, I mean, Love not didn't do well theaters whatsoever. I mean, also because the HBO Max Day and Day thing, mm-hmm. but. um but I I know Nick you can take from this too. I feel like you and I were both kind of like huh? Not kind of out of left kind of out of left field, what do you think?
5: Yeah, when when I heard the news that uh, James Gunn and Peter Safran they were going to be they're running the DCU now, it seemed random as hell to me like and that's not to um that's not to disrespect James Gunn at all. Like I I think he's a good filmmaker. He's definitely good with making kind of out there and wacky characters likable and relatable and sympathetic and everything but i just i never really looked at him like that he was always just the guy that did super and the guardians of the galaxies movie to me yeah so when um when it was when it was announced like oh he's he's gonna be like running it it was just like uh i don't know that's weird because even with um when he was doing suicide squad it felt like uh it felt like warner brothers was just Letting him do literally whatever because he did Suicide Squad however he wanted to do it and then after that it was the Peacemaker show and it was just in my head I'm like why are we focusing so much on Peacemaker because it seems like generally speaking like seamless oh, character yeah like if that if that like I bes- besides so much the Suicide Squad I had only seen Peacemaker literally in one other comic book panel and he wasn't even the main character in that. Like, he just kind of came in at the end. So, but I say all that to say he's not my first choice. But I do think that in terms of, like, creativity, and maybe maybe that's why they they picked him, because I think, like, with him and creativity and with, like, films and all the characters, I, I think it's kind of a good choice. But it's still it still just seems a little bit weird to me. Like, I think I would have got someone maybe, like, david s goyer maybe to be in charge of the dcu just because he's been in the comic book movie industry for such a long time he was the guy that wrote um the blade trilogy you feel me and the yeah. and the dark knight movies yeah, yeah. and and man is Steel and everything and the new the new sandman show that's on netflix so it's like he's he's been in there for a little bit um yeah and then like with peter with peter Safran, like i had checked out his his filmography—he had produced a few of those Conjuring spinoffs and uh, the new Aquaman movie, the first Aquaman Shazam. movie, Ellen oh, Shazam, Shazam, yeah. right? Yeah, and it was just yeah. like, okay, so he's worked with with James and Suicide Squad,
2: yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, It's gonna be interesting again. And this is like, I, again, this is kind of the new, you know, like I guess as the Rock said it, you know, we say Nick, the, the DC is gonna change
5: forever after this. Oh yeah, the the hierarchy yeah. of the DC <laughs> universe is gonna change. Yeah, um, this is just a side note when he was saying that I was like you need to be careful man because it's like it, it seemed <laughs> it seemed like he was saying like oh yeah like when i after i make this this Black Adam movie and after it's released Black Adam is essentially going to be the center of the DC universe of the DC oh, universe which God. as a just as a comic book fan it's like like you can have his movies and have them be cool and everything but he shouldn't be the center of DC you know just so it's like um, oh, but he Okay, no, I'm going to spoil something. But so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave it at that.
2: <laughs> Go ahead, John. Uh,
3: I think this is just sort of shows that the production company gave up on the DC. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't mean that in a bad way towards, you know, James Gunn and everyone else. I just think that the production truly gave up on DC because they don't know how to keep up with Marvel. Uh, They rush things. Yeah, they rush things. And me and Doug were talking about this way before, like, Marvel, the Samurai universe became so huge. Um, Because I am a giant DC fan. Nick, you know this. Mm -hmm. We're... Our favorite heroes are best friends, but we're also sort of like enemies towards each other. <laughs> 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 I'm, such giant, I'm such a giant Batman fan, and we recently lost someone in the industry uh, that had yeah. a huge figure in the Batman industry. Yeah, uh, rest in peace. Kevin Conroy. I, I was so sad. Um, but back to what I was saying, the DC universe, to me
2: is a fucking joke and i say this (laughs) with pain in my fucking voice Mm -hmm. um because
3: the dc universe like the the cinema cinematography universe is is a joke because they (laughs) one they rush like doug said they rush things and two they're trying to make it marvel and it, because like with Shazam which is like you know he's a kid it was great it was a great movie but towards the end they rushed a giant mm-hmm. part of his story and yeah. i had no interest in the second one and i think the second one came out and i haven't heard shit about it Did it, it come comes
0: out uh, it comes out march again also another thing too dc delays things again
3: and again and again and again and, like but also like production steps, steps in, in too it. much
0: yeah. I mean, look at, again, this is something that I can get. I remember I, I kind of you know, feeling towards I'm one of the few people that actually love 2016 Suicide Squad. I'm a big David Air fan, you know, Sabotage, Fury, End of Watch, World Training Day. I'm a huge fan of him. And I, I feel th- upright as well. And I feel like what happened with him is that they said, oh crap, BVS quote unquote didn't work. Let's do Guardians of the Galaxy. And they said, wait, what? They, I mean, back then what they are doing was whatever was trendy, we're gonna do our movies this way, mm-hmm. and I feel like to this day we haven't seen a David Ayer of Suicide Squad because DZ Warner Brothers goes, you know what, man? Guardians like, oh no, it was Deadpool came out that year. Deadpool was a huge hit. They go, let's do more like Deadpool. And it's like you can't really do Deadpool with these ensemble of super of super villains because that isn't their thing. And then they're sure enough,
3: anti heroes like he, like they're villains. Deadpool was an anti hero. He just did whatever the fuck he wanted to do. That just felt be good to him at the time. He wasn't really a villain nor a hero, you know what I mean? Which is why he got that status as an anti-hero. I I didn't watch the Black Adam movie. But years ago, I said The Rock would be perfect for it. I was happy for The Rock. But once I saw all the trailers where where they're like, heroes don't kill people. Well, I do. (laughs) I was like, Black Adam isn't a hero. They're doing Deadpool. He's not a hero. He's a villain. The only time you could say that Black Adam did things for good was when he was protecting his kingdom towards the end of the world of the DC universe from, like, Brainiac. Other than that, Black Adam is a villain through and through. And yeah. I, it it upsets yeah. me to see them put him, has this, and everyone's like, oh, it's amazing, you know, Black Adam, this, is like, this isn't the real Black Adam at this point. Mm. It's this The Rock. The real, <laughs> it, it, it's just The Rock playing an anti-hero. Yeah. <laughs> with it, no, with I... his... With his, yeah, with his world famous eyebrow lift, like, so tired of it. It's,
2: smold- Moses, it's smolder, it's smolder.
3: You know that just comes naturally with every character he plays. You want
1: Moses? So I. <laughs> that's funny, but I, I, I definitely, I, I definitely think you know he's, um, um, you know, with the world of filmmaking and everything like that, you can change, you know, a character and all that kind of stuff. Like they can do whatever you. Basically, want you know, and everything you can make Spider-Man into a villain, but overall, I hope they don't do that. Um, <laughs> overall, but that's what they got Venom. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but over, overall, what I'm trying to say is that you know, um I, 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 you know, I always think a little bit, you know, differently with that aspect. I feel like you know, with Black Adam, you know, I, I see him more of an anti-anti-hero, you know, now, um you know, probably before then too as well. Um, you know, just I feel like Black Adam is kind of just like you know Namor at, as an anti-hero. Um, because what Namor did
5: Hey my in, bad, real quick, Black I haven't America. seen Wakanda Forever yet, so I'm gonna just say no spoilers. Okay. okay. <laughs> 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 I've seen it tomorrow. Man, me, 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 Moses, go, I mean, go
0: ahead now. I mean, get into it now. What is, what is your non-spoiler? Again, I want to hear your thoughts, obviously. what are your? What is your non I'll, you go first. What is your non-spoiler, you know, thoughts, now reaction of what forever? of about Wakanda. Right yeah, no, now. I
1: mean, I, I want to, I wanna. you know, I want to go back to, you know, that point with Black Adam, then I'll probably yeah. let you guys go about uh, Black Panther. But what I, what I was going to say is that, you know, with just, you know, uh, Black Adam, you know, for me... You know, I, I definitely, I definitely think, you know, the idea of, you know, um, him being an anti-hero because of the idea of him, you know, being there, you know, to just look after, you know, um, his, his 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 people, you know, um, and everything. And, and, that, and that's, and, and that's, and that's it, you know, just like, you know, uh, you know, um, uh, Killmonger, you know, his character. You know trying to basically just look after you know his 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 people and him basically saying okay the only way for us to really to really like push on and actually succeed in what we're doing is we're gonna have to actually you know like you know get rid of these people you know um by actually you know killing them and everything like that. Right. Um but that, that that's just the way that's just the way I see it. You know, um you see no, it a I... um which is okay. But I, I definitely can can see him being, you know, um, an a anti-hero. But, of course, in the comics, of course, it, things were completely different. But I, I feel like, for for me, if it, if somebody is always trying to do something just, just for the protection of their own people, you know, uh, you got to look at them and be like, oh, okay, maybe he's not a hero at, at all. But there is some sort of, you know, anti-hero in him, in this character, you know. Um, but that's just the way I look at it. People might think I'm wrong, it's okay. <laughs> but um, I,
4: you
3: know. Sorry. Uh I I understand what you're saying. Um I don't yeah. think I think of it as like here's the thing. I I don't wanna bring up real world shit, so I'm gonna just sort of be vague and you guys can understand it, is that there's people in this world that you know have views and have people and they want to protect them they want to get their views across and then there's people within
2: those people who take it to the extreme and
3: uh i think that's who you know black adam is and namor is is and and, and warmonger is that's why they're villains is because they took it too far as a hero you know and like, they didn't see themselves as heroes, I don't think. I think they saw themselves more... Well, like, with Black Adam, he saw himself as a king and more of a conqueror, and a lot of other characters, you know what I mean? They don't have the same values as heroes. Yes, they want to protect their people, but I think mm-hmm. the, the 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 extreme lengths that they're going to go through to even hurt people that have no effect towards their own people is what makes them villains. Because Black Adam is also someone who also seeks power and who also will get, you know, for Shazam's power, will stop at nothing and destroy a lot of things for that power. Yes, it could be in the name to protect his people, but to the extreme lengths where people truly get hurt, that have nothing to do with it it i think that's what makes them a villain i don't i don't have a problem with him protecting his people like i mm. understand that i think it's just like they made it a little too light of the aspect because dc goes into more grittier things than marvel
2: yeah, no, yeah and, no. I feel like
3: this one made it a little too light to where if he truly becomes a villain, like to, to the, to the point of what the comics hold people aren't going to like it. So I want him to be a villain from the start because you already know where he's coming from and people. And that's the issue with a lot of things in in the movies, because once the audience get used to some, uh, a person or how they are, they're not gonna enjoy them if they change a bit. I guess you could say.
1: I mean, I mean that that's a, for me. You know, like whenever there's a character like that who just wants, you know, complete, you know, who is this complete villainous and that, that brings, you know, a person, you know, like Black like Adam, you know, into the world of, you know, um, and bringing him to bringing him to real life and everything like that. You know, there's no there's no depth at all. You know, um, and everything. If you bring in you know black Adam, the real black Adam and everything like that to the to on screen and from the comics you know um you know and and um and he has his own sort of like a you know film just like that just like now um you know who would he be trying to basically you know uh like you know like uh, I, I I don't I don't know um what I'm going here but like you know who would he be trying to basically you know fight against if he is the villain of his own story you know um uh but yeah I mean you know in the comics of course he's definitely a villain but here in this film that I'm seeing of course is you know he's definitely you know anti hero you know I might not know every little piece but you know um seeing from the movie I, I guess it is what it is <laughs> Uh, <laughs> but but yeah, that's just my take on it, you know yeah, um, yeah I'm glad that we definitely discussed discuss this part, but yeah it's
0: the beauty of the podcast, man, we're talking about again, in-depth stuff about, this, about movies yeah, in comic book movies too, man, it's the beauty of like, what, again, beauty of movies, it's like we can have, talk about this, and we can discuss things about this, how, again, we might be different on stuff we might be on the same page, but it's the beauty of <laughs> like, you know, having this podcast of talking about Everything and everything about it, anything and anything about all these kind of movies. That's kind of like the the fun part of it all.
1: Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, yeah. You asked me about you know uh, Black Panther. Uh, sorry, sorry, Nick. <laughs> no. I will not spoil anything. <laughs> not <laughs>
0: for, for, our, for our listeners too. This is non-spoilered Black yeah. Panther
1: talk. Um, but yeah, with Black Panther, man, I I I really enjoyed it. You know, I had a, I definitely had a good time. You know, and um, you know, like the visuals itself you know, it's really good. You know, Angela Bass's character, no spoiler. She's so all. good. She's so,
0: phenomenal in this movie, man. Give her the Oscar now.
1: Holy um, shit. No, give her a supporting role, you know, like, award, like, right now. You know, because she 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 did an incredible job. You know, there is this one scene in particular that, that that's in my head that, you know, is why I'm saying she did a phenomenal, phenomenal job. You know, uh, Leticia La- uh, Wright, you know, she even surprised me too as well. And, um, yeah, man, it was, it was really good. I hope that, I hope, I hope, I hope in the box office, I hate talking numbers, but I hope in the box office, you know, the charts, you know, um, you know, I hope they hit, you know, a a billion, you know, Um, you know, but overall, at the end of the day, I enjoyed it. I thought it was really good. You know, they brought so much emotion to this film than the last one, you know, um, and, um yeah I, I heard i heard tears in the i, I heard, cried Wow.
0: <laughs> i cried yeah. man yeah i cried so. multiple times I cried multiple times I, I mean to your point, Moses yeah i mean good thing is it's the this is the biggest opening ever for a November movie one hundred and eighty plus million dollar movie, three hundred and fifty plus worldwide opening you know globally um it's it's i agree one hundred percent with you again get to your point yeah angela Bassett steals the show man she she's phenomenal in this and I feel like what they did to respect Chadwick to respect T'Challa, like I thought it was done so uh, so tasteful and so I mean with such with such heart and emotion that if they, I mean if they never cast him that's one thing, but the way they handled it in here
2: was mm-hmm.
0: out of love and out of respect for their for their fallen you know for the for their for their loss of their you know brother and loss of their coworker and you know Pierre that like you know again the first one is such a big hit because. It was this, you know, it's this Chadwick. Again, I mean, that movie made itself for, for, for many reasons, but Chadwick being Black Panther, I mean, talk about, like, you know, ultimate castings of, you know, characters. That was like the perf- one of the perfect castings ever for a superhero, for a for role in general. And I feel like no matter what, I mean, again, like we always talk about it, he was Jackie Robinson, you know, he was James Brown, you know, he was Thurgood Marshall. He literally, like, played so many heroes that mm-hmm. so many people saw him as an actual hero because of, like he was as a person. I mean, think about it too. I mean, again, for how long, four years he was fighting, he was battling cancer and no one knew about it.
4: Mm-hmm. Just filming
0: all these big movies, Avengers, Black Panther, you know, Civil War. And to me, I, to me, what mm-hmm. made me cry about the movie too, is that knowing that he went to hospitals with kids that had, you know, cancer or that were very sick while he was fighting cancer himself, just showed like, how much dedication this guy this this guy was to like everything he did. And I definitely felt I definitely missed him in the movie for sure. But I feel like I think you can read on this Moses, that you feel his presence no matter what in the movie. You feel his presence. yeah, you feel you feel you feel you still feel him there. and you feel him throughout the movie that he's you know, he he's he would be proud of this movie no matter what because they definitely they honor his legacy so well in this that. I think everyone can be mad. I mean, I know people are mad about that. Oh, they should recast him. But that aside, they—I feel like what they did here—they honored his legacy so well that they honestly, again, the Kugler. Again, we love Ryan Kugler. To his to his credit, the way he was able to balance both the loss of Chalwick in real life and the loss of T'Challa in the in the movies was so was done so. You know, genius, and it was like, wow, no one else could have done this. I feel like only him. You know, Ooh. no matter who you got into, be you know, if if he stopped, if he you know left the the, left the project, the way he literally was able to balance those two so well together, yeah. it hits you the first get. I suppose the first five minutes of that movie, man, I was like, damn, I was like, this <laughs> this hits harder than I thought it was gonna be. But yeah. it's it's done so it's done so well, and it's done so. Again, it's done brilliantly where it's like only Ryan Cooler could pull this off, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, no, I mean Ryan Ryan Cooler, you know, did you know did an amazing job. You know, um, I always had respect for this guy and everything like that as as a filmmaker, you know, uh, and everything. You know, the fact that, you know, he was able to, you know, um capitalize, you know, and have and have an emotional, you know, story and and still have so much of you know, like excitement in it you know yeah. um, it was 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 amazing and it was amazing to watch you know uh, i'm excited for you know the next film he's going he's going to make you know i'll be in the front seat you know watching it and everything like that um, and uh, yeah i'm excited to see what they do with um with the, with the next black panther movie you know. Me too, man. I, I, yeah. quick, quick story for our listeners. Um, also,
0: slight brag, too. Um, <laughs> 2015, um, my dad and I went to the Creed premiere in Chicago. We both love Rocky. I'm a big Michael B. Jordan fan. And I remember seeing Fruitvale Station maybe a year before. Wow, the movie was very powerful. And oh, he's oh, he's doing Creed. I'm like, oh, interesting. It's a, it's a pretty good choice to do this movie. And I just I remember, I remember loving Creed so much. I'm like, wow. And I'm, I'm in the front row with my dad. We both love the movie. And you know, out comes Ryan Coogler, this 28 year old USC, recent graduate at USC Film School, Tessa Thompson, Michael B. Jordan. And I, and I remember saying, like, wow, this, this, he's 28 and he made this movie. Like, this is incredible. And someone asked him, like, in the audience, they were like, hey, like, no, Black Panther's coming out to, to Civil War. What do you think? It was all cool, character, blah, blah, blah. I remember this so well. The very next day uh, on the news, uh, Ryan Cooler to direct Black Panther movie for Marvel. Mm. And I said, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I was like, "Wait a second, what?" I again, I just, I, I just saw him the night before at this Q and A in Chicago Ooh. for Creed, and I was like, "This is awesome." I said, "I don't know what, too much about Black Panther. This was before Civil War came out, too." I like, yeah, we'll see. But I said, "Wow, what are the odds of me seeing this? This, you know, this young kid filmmaker who's only twenty eight years old, and the next day he's announced to be uh, the Black Panther director and writer?" I said, "Wow, what are the odds of that?" But I, honestly, it's probably was still one of the best. You know decisions that Marvel's ever done. You know filmmaker-wise, if you ask me.
1: Yeah, no, for sure, for sure, man, for sure. I'm definitely excited. I hope they, I hope they have him. You know, direct. Uh, you know, Avengers. You know, uh, Secret Wars. Um, Secret Wars. Yeah, oh, that'd be man. Me too. That'd be dope. You know?
0: I, he so, should. I, he's great for you. He'd be great for it because he knows how to handle the world so well. He knows how to handle yeah, like just, emotion just, so yeah. well.
1: Just like nobody else. That I, that that's in my mind right now. That's like you know that normal world and everything like that as much as you know ryan kluger in terms of, of a director you know um mm-hmm. and everything yeah, quick, question should... for you though what oh, go,
0: ahead, go, ahead, go ahead go ahead keep going sorry keep going
1: um but no that's 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 me it. i mean um yeah i mean the word the rooster brothers but the rooster brothers are
0: nah, oh, doing great yeah. man too <laughs> 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 i mean yeah. all
1: right
0: if you guys could pick though would you guys rather have him do black panther three if finish his trilogy or would you rather have
1: him do Secret Wars? If he can have him do both, I would have him do oh, both. Oh, be awesome! I'm, I'm, be yeah, I'm sure with
5: Moses can. on that one, man. If yeah,
1: both. if he's able to do both, but I, I know, I know he put in so much energy on this one that he's probably gonna need some time.
0: Oh, know, I think so
2: too.
1: I would know. also,
0: I also love to. I would love. I mean, I don't know if you guys. I, I will. As, you know, we're all writers. I would love to read the first draft. Of the script before they change it after his passing. Yeah. Like, I'm just very curious from 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 a, from a filmmaker, from a, you know we're all writers here. From a writing perspective, I want to see because he's a great writer as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a phenomenal mm-hmm. writer. I want to see. I want to see the first draft of Black Panther: Wakanda Forever before it changed. I'm curious to see like what kind of stay the same, what what changed. when what I heard was that it was about him after you know five years after you know the snap. That's like him dealing with like coming back to life, you know, coming back to like, you know, reality. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious mm-hmm. to see, like, I, I get, I mean, the pot never released this to the public. I mean, I hope they will, you know, Kevin Feige, if you're listening to this, please release <laughs> it to the public. Um, but I really do hope that they kind of like show, again, as a, again, from a writing, from like, you know, educational purpose, too, like, show mm-hmm. us, like, what was Ryan Coogler's original idea. You know, script wise, before you know, obviously after have, after Chad would uh, passed away. But I also heard yeah. too is that what I heard too is that right, Coogler and and then also again credit to Joe Robert Cole who also co writer of that gives a lot I think there's a lot of credit as well for being also a good co writer on that. Um, I I think what I heard was that they finished the script and right when they're about to send it no they're sorry they, they emailed it to Chad. But he, it was too late. Like he was already, you know, he was already on his, uh, uh, he was about to pass away. So it was like, wow. Like they were all done with this first draft, send it to him. And before he could read it, he passed away, which is even more emotional, even more moving that they said, you know, they were so excited during a pandemic too, that they sent it to him. And then they said, unfortunately he passed away. But yeah, I can't even imagine what he, the cast must've gone through being so close to him, you know, being a collaborator, but like I said, I do hope maybe one day they might, you know, be for the Blu-ray or for like, you know, maybe an anniversary of this movie or whatever, that they might release the script that was before uh this one we that we saw in the in the theaters.
1: Yeah. Yeah, man. You know. Um yeah, I hope they put in a put in a um put in at least, you know, some of the you know, some of the bits that they basically had for that, you know, original draft and everything like that to I hope so. Up. Black Panther to the, to the, you know, the, the, hopefully if they make it, you know, the Black Panther three and everything like that, you know, uh, if not, then, you know, I, uh, you know, I completely trust Ryan Cougar to be able to, you know, um, make, um, you know, write another one, write another script and everything like that and seeing where it goes from there. So
0: same here. Well, on that note, I'm going to end this on, on, and this with us. Um, well, let's be also back to it though. Um, I feel like the reason why I made this podcast was, you know, these guys, these gentlemen next next to me have been my brothers, you know, for years now, you know, they've been some of the best collaborators I've ever worked with. They're all three of them. I can go on for hours and hours, how creative they are, how passionate they are, how just how dedicated they are to everything they do. And I had this idea a few months ago. I was like, you know what? I want to do it. I can't do it by myself. I said, you know, what if these guys join me? I said, you know what? They'll never do it they'll never do it they're too, they're too famous they're too you know too busy doing uh, they're too busy doing their own thing but no this these guys right here with me I can again, I can go on for hours about how they are the best people I've ever worked with when it came to you know filmmaking and collaboration and this whole idea is just kind of the whole podcast is all kind of just like talking about why we love movies, and I feel like to Joel's point earlier that you can say you love movies, but do you really mean you love movies like? No, not on TikTok or anything like that. You know, do you actually love like movies? Do you actually love like the art and you know craft of filmmaking and what goes behind it? And you know, before I I my answer too about the movies that made me, my genre of my life was I remember three movies as a kid growing up that really kind of defined why I love movies so much, even to this day. The first one was Back to the Future One. Had it on VHS <laughs> through my dad actually. My dad had the VHS of it. Um, VHS? Two, oh, VHS okay. I watched the VHS man, over and over and over and over again. I, I like two. And, I like two and three, but one to me is such a perfect movie that I can watch over and over again. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Um, the second one's kind of corny too. I was, uh, Joel knows this too. I feel like I was the biggest Harry Potter nerd ah. in the entire school district. Honestly, Dude, like, Harry
3: Potter <laughs> at our school was so huge, though. But Doug loved that movie. I swear, I, God.
5: Every, every so, Harry I, Potter I is every, dope. every Harry Potter fucking dope.
0: I remember, I remember seeing the first one with my dad, well, with my parents too. But I remember seeing the first one with my dad. I saw the first one I mean, like eight times in theaters. I was obsessed with, um, *Sorcerer's Stone*. I watched it over and over again with all the books with my dad and my parents. And my parents did something special every year because they came out in November during my birthday. My parents would have a Harry Potter themed birthday every year until I was thirteen. Actually, I'm not gonna lie until you know *Definitely Hollows Part One <laughs> came out. Um, yeah, no shame, no shame. Uh, but I remember watching. The first one and the second one as a kid, and I watched them over and over again. And I was just like, "Oh, I want, I want to go to Hogwarts. I want to go. I want, to, I want, I want to be there. I, I want, I want, <laughs> I want to go there." Because I was like, I was so obsessed with like how do they do that. This looks so real. With Hogwarts, real. I want to, play, I want to play Quidditch. That one was to me was like a huge deal to me as a kid. That like, wow, this is what you know, the magic of movies can be. My mm-hmm. third one before I Before I end on this, my third one was 2, Tommy Maguire's first Spider Man. Mm-hmm. I remember I remember being four years old and my aunt sent me this DVD in the mail. I said, Spider-Man, I'm only this is PG 13. This is a, this is like a this is like a grown-up movie. This is kind of too this is too much for me. And I remember watching the DVD again. Not, oh I am too. Oh, I am. they had a full screen DVD too. Full screen. I got a white screen. It was a full screen DVD. <laughs> and I remember watching it and I was like. I want to be Spider-Man. I was like, why, why can't I be Spider-Man? This is this, this is bullshit. This is so unfair. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I just remember watching Spider-Man, the first one, so much. I was like, oh my God. I remember watching all the bonus features, you know, like Ring Goblin scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. I was like, oh my God, he's terrifying. But I remember watching Spider-Man. That was the first comic book movie I ever saw in my life. That was the first comic book I ever read was Spider-Man. I think Spider-Man, what the issue was, but I remember watching the first Spider-Man, Tony McGuire one. Over and over and over again to point oh, my dude. fans were like turn this shit off like please get another movie to watch like we can't watch mm. Spider Man for eight hundred times but I remember that one being so important to me because I was like wow like this is like just so amazing and, and no, no pun intended um, <laughs> and um, <laughs> but I that's why I love No Way Home so much because it brought back. You know, my you know, our childhood Spider-Man, but he always was my favorite Spider-Man. Even Spider-Man Three, which I know is very really like a little monkey.
5: I mean, Spider-Man mm-hmm. Three, I think, is a little bit underappreciated. Oh, I, I think so, I think so too. I think so yeah. too, too. You know, Venom's yeah. still kind of ass, but it's yeah. still like a decent movie. Venom was kind of whack, but I'll like within it. the the narrative, it's like, well, he's he's literally if if Peter Parker like was an asshole because he kind of looks yeah. like Tobey yeah. Maguire, and it's like you know, it's just if. You know, if he wasn't raised right, he would have been fucking Eddie Brock. Not uh, he, yeah. yeah, no, yeah. But, <laughs> no, I'm not the only
3: one that could only see Eric Foreman when I saw him as Venom because <laughs> <laughs> I just fair. want to stick my
0: dumbass. His ass.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, I, I, I agree with. that. I feel like Ooh. it definitely is underrated to a point, but you know, I I still I still appreciate you know look at him, but yeah, those are my three movies. Also, too, I'm about you know the loss of Chadwick Boseman. Um, this year, I want to dedicate this you know podcast and episode to our our beloved Julia. You know, she was one of our you know closest friends, one of our best friends in college. You know, even Joelle you know visited us in college. He met her. Uh, she, I, I always had this idea that she would be on the podcast with us. You know, too. But I know we lost her in April. But this is this is for her. You know, she's one of the best actresses. I think that never got to fully you know um you know, shine and you know, do her craft. But I know she meant so much to all of us and this is for her. And I think she's gone but not forgotten. And I, I believe that to this very day.
1: Yeah. Yeah, man. Um uh yeah man um yeah I, I I uh she was one of the first, you know, actress that I ever worked with at ASU and everything. So uh actor in general. So um um I was definitely gonna continue working with her, you know um here, here here in LA and everything and um yeah she was definitely one of the best actors that I, that I definitely worked with for sure and you know um yeah you've gone and forgotten for sure yeah, uh, yeah man. I I
3: never I can't say anything about her I think uh I've only heard from you guys uh, I believe you know she was probably an uh, amazing actress uh but her as a person meeting her a few times was always so great like from the very first time i have a hard i'm so uh, i'm sort of like um social socially anxious when i first meet people but meeting you guys and meeting her was was right off the bat really warm and uh she was an amazing person overall and just really nice and fun tanked out with and easy to talk to and Made sure you know whatever group she was a part of, uh, you know she made sure everyone participated and everyone was having fun, you know, yeah. So, uh, you know, I'm sure you know she was yeah. an amazing actress. So, uh, yeah, definitely dedicate this to her. She was just, she was great. Yeah, man, she was.
5: Yeah, she was really really good. People, man. Um. Oh wow, she she had this like innate ability to um just be like incredibly warm and like welcoming and kind of like what Joel was saying like day one of meeting her she makes me feel like you guys are best friends you know she was just she was just good people she was just good people overall man yeah
1: no, 100% you know I um you know in, in, you know in time and everything like that you know I uh I definitely wish to be able to, to be able to you know um work with her and she was you know she was definitely one of my first friends too as well as you you know that I had so um and uh, she had a warm heart all the time she was a hard worker you know she was a hard worker um she uh she she wanted to make sure in time that she got her flowers and everything like that because of you know uh hard work she puts in as as being a a person and as being a friend and as being an, as being an actress and um, and it's been, you know, um, yeah, it's been all of that basically. And, um, yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, guys, thank you. Episode
0: one. We did it. <laughs> um, uh, for our listeners, we've got some news going on. We are working on a website right now. Uh, we are still kind of in like the development of that, but look out for that soon. Maybe before the new year, hopefully. Um, yeah, McKenna, If you liked us, we're right now on YouTube only. Right now, we're gonna work on getting on Spotify and Apple Music, uh, SoundCloud, even MySpace is coming back. Who knows? Um, <laughs>
4: MySpace. <laughs>
0: uh, <laughs> my bad, Jack. I'm on MySpace. Yeah, um, but right now, we're, right now we'll be on YouTube only right now. But if you like, if you liked us, please subscribe to our channel. Follow us on Instagram at Midway Avenue Productions. I want to thank again. Uh, Nick Johnson, I want to thank Moses Lawley, I want to thank Joel Kindlin, and we'll see you guys next time. Peace. Peace,
2: deuces, everybody.